Well, it's good to be here. I'm going to take this sling off. The doctor doesn't have to know everything. But I just feel a little constrained there. But yeah, a couple of weeks ago, actually Sunday, um, two weeks ago, I was having surgery. I did. I pretty much knocked my elbow off and uh, broke my arm real bad. And um, Jonathan said he didn't think I was going to be here. See, he forgot I have triplets. <laughs> Compared to that, this arm and these screws, that's nothing. <clears throat> it's, it's nothing. But yet, it has been a minute since I've been here. It's been a few months, actually. I don't remember the exact month, day, time, whatever. It was a Wednesday night, I know that. And the youth are in here and the college uh, age kids. But um, the last time I was here, I weighed 260 pounds exactly. Now, when I was in shape, which I've been in shape most of my life, I was about 220. 218, 220 range. Worked out, ran, exercised, raced motorcycles, stayed in shape. Uh, ate good diet, and then about three and a half years ago, exactly three and a half years ago, I quit riding. Um, I became the pastor of my church, so I just I had too many things going on, too many things on my plate, so I quit riding motorcycles, and then all of a sudden now I don't have a reason to work out, exercise, or to eat healthy, so slowly but surely, I crept on up to 260, and uh, that's not a good place to be. So I got up to 260, and um, I guess it's been a three or four months now. I'm not sure exactly, but I just decided, you know what, enough's, enough's enough, and I've got to change my diet, and I've got to get back on the stick here because things are aching and hurting that aren't supposed to be, and things will ache and they will hurt when you're carrying an extra 40 pounds around your waist or everywhere you go. It will. Uh, knees start hurting more. You know, people talk about my back's hurting. Well, I wonder why. Your back's hurting because it's got that big gut attached to it. <clears throat> I mean, it's just being serious. But, um, so, it's been a little bit of a journey, um, a fleshly, uh, a natural, not fleshy, but a natural journey, this diet. And I'm going to do like a little comparison, uh, the natural diet to a spiritual diet, okay? And kind of, I've experienced it. I've been through it. I've lived it. I'm actually glad that I, I got off track and got overweight because I learned a whole lot as I went through this thing. So um, for me, like I said, it's a, it's a slow fade. It's not like I ate one bad meal and woke up the next morning and was 30 pounds overweight. That's not how it happened. It just slowly but surely happened. It's like going to the beach and you're riding waves when you're a kid and then you look up and your hotel is not there. That's because it's a slow fade, and you've slowly faded down about 100 or 200 yards, and your hotel's down there because the current's carried you down. The same thing happens uh, with your weight. The same thing happens spiritually, too. But I don't like to waste things. I'm not a hoarder, and I'm not a cheapskate. I just don't like to waste things. In other words, if my wife is going to cook a meal, I'd like for it to be eaten. Um, so I felt like it's my duty to eat it all. Um, you know, she's cooked us a a big thing, maybe a bunch of hamburgers and I come home. You know, the way I, a cow, the way I see it, a cow died for this. <laughs> and I'm not just going to throw this away. I, I, I would eat it. So uh, that's kind of how it started because 
eating healthy and staying on a diet's not easy. And then when you have four kids running around, like I said, three of them's triplets, it's just like, you know what? You just cook whatever makes them happy. Whatever's left over, I'll eat. I don't even care. Whatever it is. Uh, just because it's, you don't want to deal with it. And so uh, that's, how, that's how it started happening. That's how it started happening. And uh, I remember, I'll tell you this and I'll get going, but I came in one night and uh, I would come in usually later when the kids were smaller than, uh, I wouldn't be there for supper time because I'd be working a little late, right? Because somebody had to work to pay for the supper. And I came in and whatever's left over, I would just eat it, right? So I came in, I walked in there and there's kraut and weenies and we got on a stretch there for a while. We ate kraut and weenies a lot. I gave her a day because we didn't have any money. And that's all we could afford was kraut and weenies and macaroni and cheese. We ate it every single day. So much so that one of my little bitty boys came in there and he said, what's for supper? And he couldn't say kraut and weenies. He just said, he called it onies for some reason. That's all he could say was onies. And uh, he saw, you know, Jackie said kraut and weenies. That's my wife, Jackie. And he just, he said onies again and just, well, it's funny now, but it's not funny when you're the dad and that's all you can provide. It hurts. But I came in, there was this big thing of kraut and weenies, so I, I ate some off the stove, and I ate some more, and I ate some more, and I ate some more macaroni and cheese, and I just, I just devoured it all. And then I went on, took a shower, and as I was getting out, Jackie came in there, and she said, who ate all the food? And I said, well, I did. I, I finished it off. She said, finish it off? Nobody has eaten yet. <laughs> I ate the whole pack of hot dogs. See, it'll sneak up on you. <laughs> it'll sneak up on you when you eat like that. So first thing I want to say, uh, first point, four, four points here is um, it's like four different type of Christians, um, four different type of people. There's uh, people that eat anything. Eat anything you want, anytime you want, just eat what you want. Eat dessert every day, eat dessert for lunch, just eat sugar all the time, uh, drinking drinks and just um, eating unhealthy food. What you want, when you want. When you're younger, you can do that. I remember when I was 20 years old and I would go to Subway with the man and I would order a whole foot long and a six inch and eat it all. And he said, that's going to catch up to you one day, boy, you can't just keep eating like that. And I thought, what's this guy know? And... I just kept eating, kept eating, kept eating. Well, you know what? You just keep eating junk food like that and keep just packing it in. It might not show up immediately, but you keep doing it. And you give it some time and your health is going to start deteriorating. You're going to be more susceptible to sickness. You putting all this sugar in you, that's, you know what? You start packing in the sugar, guess what? You, you are susceptible to sickness and sometimes people are diagnosed as a diabetic because they don't take care of their... They bring it upon themselves because of a bad diet. I'm not saying it's like that in every situation. In a lot of situations it is. But just eat anything you want, anytime you want. Um, Romans, the sixth chapter, the 23rd verse, says the wages of sin of death. Did I give you that? Yeah, the wages of sin of death. In other words, it's going to catch up to you. So the spiritual side of it is 
You can go out and do anything I want, anytime I want to. Look at me, it's not affecting me. I go out and party every weekend, or I'm doing a little drugs, or I'm sleeping around, and, or I'm in adultery, or whatever it is. Look, I'm fine. It's not affecting me any. i got plenty of money in the bank. I'm happy. Keep doing it, because the payday's coming. And the payday's that, the wages of sin or death. You can't just go out and eat anything you want, anytime you want, do what you want to, and think the payday's not coming, because it's coming. It's coming, Amen. And sometimes, you know, I'm sure everybody here has done this. <clears throat> Maybe not everybody, but a lot of people. You get out of the shower, and, you, and there's the mirror. And you're like, dear Lord Jesus. I'm just going to turn around and dry off. You know, I've gone to, it's too far. Look at me. And I would think that to myself. I can I look at pictures of myself, and I'd be like, dang. I was in shape back then. I've gone too far. I'll never get back to that. It's depressing to think how much work you've got to do to get back to where you are. Well, you know, it's a lie of the enemy because uh, you can get into sin and fall off the wagon or whatever you want to call it. And Satan wants to whisper in your ear and say, you've gone too far. But guess what? You can't go too far. Because where grace abounds, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. You can't out sin God's grace. Amen? Now I doubt there's a lot of people in here that's under that category right there of eat anything, do what you want, sin, do what you want to. But I'd say more people here than not have been there at some point in your life. The other, the other that's one Christian, or that's one person. The other person here is the on-off. The on-off, the crash diet. In other words, um, I put on my winter coat. I got a little fluffy. But guess what? Springtime's here. Guess what? It's fixing to be time to go to the lake, go to the beach, go to the pool. And that bikini is going to be a little tight. So I need to get on my diet. Because I've been off my diet all winter. or For several months I've been off of it. And I need to get on a real quick crash diet. I need to lose some weight in a real big hurry. There's all kind of gimmicks out there that try to get you to buy into this and buy into that and lose this uh, weight real quick. You know, guaranteed, 10 pounds, 3 days, things of that nature. Y'all seen all the commercials? I mean, good grief, it's everywhere. You know why? Because Americans are all overweight, and we need to be on a diet. That's why there's, they're making a bunch of money off of us. But nevertheless, crash diet, on, off, on, off, on, off. My sister does this. She's the greatest at it. Just today, she's eating a Krispy Kreme donut at church. And I said, you don't need to be eating that donut. Just messing with her. She can eat what she wants. I'm just, that's my sister. I pick on her. She goes, I'm starting Weight Watchers tomorrow. But she tells me that every Sunday. See what I'm saying? <laughs> and she'll go on these diets and lose a little bit. I went to a friend of mine's house a few weeks ago, and we, were, we hadn't been out to eat lunch in years, and we were talking about a place where you used to go eat lunch. And he said, man, you got to quit talking about that food because I'm hungry. And I said, well, let's go eat. He said, I can't. I haven't eaten in two days. And I said, why? He said, because I've got an engagement. This was on Tuesday. I've got an engagement to be at on Thursday, and I can't button my pants to my suit. My suit, it don't fit. So I'm just not going to eat for four days so I can button my pants. So he's on a hardcore, crashed out for four days, no food, and um, he's going to be able to button his pants. He's on it. But when he leaves the engagement and he stops by Milo's and gets some mega meal, you show him saying, now, now we're back off. Well, I've seen a lot of Christians do the same thing too. 
Things are going real good. I'm healthy. Me and my wife are getting along. We got some plenty of money in the bank. I'm off right now. I don't really need Jesus because we're good. But then we get a bad diagnosis from the doctor or we're having a problem in our marriage or we get hit hard with something financial. Now we're in the altar. We're back on. We're raising our hands. We're singing. We're praying. We're at every prayer meeting. We are on it. The Lord intervenes. A miracle. Something happens. Everything's good. Now you back off. And Jonathan was talking about these uh, conferences that we have together. I'm all for those. But in my lifetime, and I'm not that old, I'm 44 years old, but in my lifetime I've seen people go off, travel off somewhere to a place, to a conference, and they come home and they're on. They are on for two weeks. And then two weeks they're back off. There's an on-off Christian, the crash diet Christian. And uh, when you're on and you're off, let me tell you, you're unstable. James, the first chapter, the eighth verse. Can you put that up? He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. That's because he, he's faithful to, to the Lord this week. Next week, we're, we're loyal to the world. We're on, we're off. And therefore, you're, a, you're an unstable man. And you know, in Ephesians 6, chapter, it says to stand firm. Put on the whole armor of God and stand firm. To stand firm. When you've done all you can do, just keep standing and stand firm. Well, you know, the Bible is inexhaustible. One Scripture leads to another Scripture, to another Scripture, to another Scripture. Like I said, it's inexhaustible. But when you're unstable, you can't stand firm. When you're unstable, you cannot stand firm. I know my wife, um, one time she uh, hurt her knee working out, exercising. I go to the doctor with her. And they throw her up there on the table and they're checking her out. And they say, well, we're going to put this knee brace on you. And I'm thinking, I've gone to a specialist, waited in line hours, get in here, best one in Birmingham, and you're going to put this little sleeve on her knee. That thing's not going to do anything. I could have taken a sock from the house, cut the toes out of it, and stretched over her knee myself. It looked like something you could get at Walmart. But you know what? She put that thing on and it helped because what he said was things are out of alignment. And when this, this, this sleeve, like this compression, is holding everything in alignment. And you know what? We've been given a gift called the Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, the 26th verse. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. In other words, the Holy Spirit's been given to us to help us. He's here to remind you to keep things in alignment, to keep you st to steady, keep you standing firm. Amen? Um, he's there to keep you in alignment. He's there to keep you on it, not off of it, to stay on it. Because the on-off, the on-off, the on-off, it's not going to cut it. It's not going to get it. You're just in a cycle of misery. And you go through a few months and life's good. Then a few months, you're back down the valley. Now we're up on top. Now we're down the valley. I know people that have spent their entire life doing this. They're on fire, fired up for some Jesus today. But the on-off diets don't work. And the on-off spiritual diet doesn't work either. We need to get on and stay on. Amen? Now this third thing right here, this is where 90%, and this is not a statistic I looked up, this is just what I think. Moderation. I'd say this is where 90% of people are, both naturally and spiritually. Moderation. In other words, we're going to eat some good, we're going to eat some bad. We got some love handles. In fact, the title of the sermon is Love Handle Christian. 
but eat some good and some bad. In other words, it's not just bad the whole time, and, but it's not good the whole time. It's good most of the time, but on Friday night we're going to have a piece of cake. On Saturday we're going to have a little this, a little that. We're going to eat in moderation. In other words, the cake, the ice cream, the cookies, the Little Debbie snacks. I don't know why they call them Little Debbie, because they, they, they all call them Big Debbies. Because <laughs> they don't help you stay little. But we're going to eat just a little, just in moderation. Just in moderation. I can't say that I've ever been to a building or an event or a place and walked in and thought, Dear Lord, everybody here is obese. Good Lord, they're all just huge. Nor have I ever walked in and thought, Man, everybody here is ripped to shreds in the best shape of my life. No. Everybody's basically like us right here in this room. Just got a little, little love handle action going on. Right? Because most of us eat in moderation, and I'm good with that. I'm good with that in the natural sense. But if you think that's going to work in the spiritual, you've got another thing coming. Because it's not. 90% are probably right there. I was doing good. I was on my diet. I've been doing good for two or three weeks, going strong, feeling good about myself. Grandma came over to visit. She brought my favorite chocolate cake. And I had to eat some. Same thing happens spiritually. You're doing good. You're in the Word. You're reading. You're praying. You're at church. You're saying no to worldly things. But then all of a sudden now, you're put in a position. Everybody else is doing it. It's just one beer. It's just a few cuss words on the movie. I mean, they just dropped the F-bomb three or four times. I mean, what else can I watch? Andrew Griffith's show. You can watch that. They don't cuss on there. Well, if I didn't listen to those cuss words, I'd never be able to watch a movie. That's fine. Don't watch it. I don't watch them and I'm getting by just fine. So you just do that in moderation. Well, it's just a little here and a little there. Galatians, the fifth chapter, the ninth verse. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. Just like Solomon said, it's the little foxes. Here's this big, beautiful vineyard. It's not like the dam broke upstream and this huge river come down, flooded the city and washed the grape vineyard out. It's just a little, little foxes that spoil the vineyard. It's just a little leaven that spoils the whole lump. So if you think you're going to be on a, a strict diet or try to be healthy and you can just eat a little junk food here and there and it's not going to affect you wrong, it is going to affect you. You're feeding something. You, your body's wanting some sugar. It's wanting some junk food. And as long as you keep just giving it a little nugget every now and then, a couple of days a week, three or four times a week, you're going to keep that appetite for that thing alive. Same thing with sin. You're just giving it just a little bit, just a little bit. It's just a little bit of stuff on the computer that I shouldn't be looking at. You're going to keep that appetite alive. And you keep feeding it. You keep feeding it and you're going to have quite the appetite. But I don't think most people keep feeding it until it grows into this great big monster. I think they just do it in moderation. The love handle Christian. You're in pretty good shape, but you've got some love handles. Spiritually speaking, looking pretty good. Just got a little love handle action going on. Galatians, the sixth chapter, the seventh and eighth verse. Do not be deceived, God's not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. In the eighth verse, but for he, uh, he who sows to his flesh will of his flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit 
Will of the Spirit reap everlasting life? Let me tell you, if you go out and plant corn, don't think you're going to go out there and get tomatoes. You're not going to plant tomatoes and go out there and get strawberries. You're not going to plant strawberries and go out there and get green beans. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. God's not going to be mocked. He's not going to be made of a fool of. So to think that you can just go out and partake of a little bit or a little bit of that and sow a little here and a little bit there and there's not going to be any repercussions from it, you're just... You're basically trying to make a mockery of God. He says, I'm not going to be mocked. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. Amen. Amen. The healthy, clean diet is the, is, the, is the fourth person. I don't know many people that are on a healthy, clean diet. Strict, healthy, clean diet where you don't eat any junk food. I don't know many. I do know a couple. Most of them are really big into uh, lifting weights and things of that nature. Some of them even own gyms, so it's kind of like part of their, um, how they make a living. They need to look good. You selling people on this body and you training them, yeah, you need to have a good looking body. Somebody like me and Jonathan walk in, we, hey, pay us, we'll train you. We probably don't get a lot of business. You know what I'm saying? That's just the truth. That's just, I'd probably have a better chance than him, but... But this healthy, clean diet. So here's where, this is where I was at. I was moderation uh, for, for, for years, just eating. And it slowly, 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 slowly got me. And then I decided to go on this healthy, clean diet. And there's all kinds of diets on there, out there. You can do Weight Watcher Slim Fast. Man, you can do all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of stuff you can do. But here's what I did. I decided I wasn't going to do that. I just decided that everything that I drank... And everything that I ate, I just simply asked myself a question. When I take this food right here, this chicken, this broccoli, this sweet tea, this chocolate cake, whatever it is, and I put it in my body just like I just did that water, what's it going to do to me? What is it going to do to me? What's it going to provide me? What type of protein is it going to provide me? What kind of good carbohydrates is going to give me strength and energy? What is it going to provide me? The same thing can be said spiritually. When I partake of this and put this into my body, what's it going to do for me? What's it going to do for me? What's it going to do to me? It's just a few cold ones. What are they going to do to you? It's just one, it's just one joint. What's it going to do to you? It's just one movie. It's just one filthy movie. What's it going to do to you? I'm just going to skip church this week. Next thing you know, it's next week, next week. What's that going to do to you? Well, first of all, it says not to forsake the gathering, assembling together of the body of Christ. What's it going to do to me? It's going to do something to you. But let me tell you, when you get on this diet and you stay on this diet, and I'm talking about the food, when you stay on it, is it difficult at first? It is difficult at first. There's things that you're used to eating. You've been eating them for years. You like it. Milo's sweet tea is good. Now all of a sudden I've taken my Milo's sweet tea out of the equation and now I've got Milo's unsweet tea. It's like drinking dirty water. I don't even know why I do it, but I just drink it because my wife likes it. I'm just like, I'll drink it. It's that or water. But at first it's, it's difficult. But let me tell you, once you start eating clean, once you start eating clean, you keep doing it. A week goes by, two weeks go by. I'm strong. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to do it. Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks. All of a sudden, what happens is your appetite starts changing. 
the things you used to like, now all of a sudden they don't look that enticing to you anymore. When you go to the ballpark and they've got those nachos or that fake cheese they put on it that's really healthy for you and low fat, all of a sudden I used to eat those, but now all of a sudden you're looking at them thinking, I don't want to put that in me. That, that don't even look that good anymore. What used to look good to you, it'll change. Your appetite will slowly change if you'll stay with it. You'll have more energy. You will have more energy. You won't have the sugar spikes up and down. You'll just stay steady. You'll be motivated. You'll be looking forward to eating this healthy food because you like the results you're getting. Spiritually speaking, it's no different. You got sin in your life. You got things you enjoy. Hey, sin is fun for a while, for a season. But like we said earlier, payday is coming and payday is not any fun. The wages of sin or death, that's not fun. But it is fun for a while and you get used to doing these things. And when you cut them out of your diet, and you say, I'm not going to partake of that. I'm not going to do any of that anymore. It is a struggle. It's a struggle. Now I say for me, my personal experience, looking back on my life, the big things fell off real quick. It's like a ladder. If you've ever climbed a step ladder, it's got big steps and they get smaller as they go up. And it's like the big steps kind of were easy. But now we're working on the little steps and you just got to stick with it and stay with it because I'm telling you, your appetite will slowly change. Used to, you may have drove down the road and you saw a good looking girl at the car wash, vacuum out her car. She was bent over, vacuuming out. And you know what I'm talking about? She has her rear end up in the air. So you want to do a U-turn and go back and get another look at it? But guess what? Now the thoughts of actually doing that would actually repulse you and make you sick. You know why? Because I'm married. And there ain't but one rear end I need to be looking at, and that's my wife's. I'm just being transparent and being real. I'm being, being for real. The things that used to attract you, the things that used to think were fun, your desire is going to leave you. It's going to fall off. You're not going to want to partake of those things anymore. If you'll stay with it. The Lord said, taste me and see that I'm good. Time for a new diet. Time to taste something new. And it's not always immediate results like you expect, and diets aren't either. When you're on a diet, you know, um, if you get on a diet and stay on one, they say about four weeks, your family starts to notice about eight weeks, your friends start to notice in 12 weeks, everybody starts to notice with the same thing spiritually, get on it and stay on it. Four weeks, you're going to notice something. People that are close to you and around you, they're going to notice a little something different about you. Eight weeks goes by, your friends, and they're going, the people at work, they're going to notice a little, there's something different about old red. Something a little different. Twelve weeks, everybody's going to know. Because they're going to see the fruit. The change didn't happen on the outside. The change happened on the inside, but now we've seen it on the outside. Just like putting that food in your body, it changes on the inside. But, but everybody sees it from the outside. Putting the Word of God into you, Feeding on His Word, staying on a strict spiritual diet, it changes you from the inside out. And your appetite begins to change. In Galatians, the sixth chapter and the ninth verse, did I give you that one, JT? Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap a harvest if we don't lose heart. If you'll stick to this diet, if you'll stick to the natural diet and keep eating healthy, keep drinking water, keep putting good things in, in your body and don't grow weary. Guess what? Payday's coming. You're going to reap a harvest. Spiritually speaking, you keep putting it in. You keep feeding on the Word. You keep saying no to the world and yes to Him. Yes to the kingdom. 
You, you keep obeying His Word and sticking to it. Guess what? Payday's coming. Payday's coming. There's a table that's prepared for, for you and I, and there's a lot of food on the table. There's a lot of food on the table. There's a song, me and Jonathan were talking about it a moment ago or a few minutes ago, How I Fight My Battles, and, and she says, there's a table prepared for you. He has prepared a table for you. And there's all kind of groceries on that table. And, um, you know, Jesus is, is uh, preaching, he's teaching, and um, he... He feeds everybody the bread and the fish. There's a miracle. Thousands and thousands of people, 15, upwards of 15,000 people are fed just from a couple of fish and five loaves of bread. It's a miracle. They're all fed. Then the disciples get in the boat and they're headed towards Capernaum and Jesus is not in the boat with them. Remember, He shows up on the water. He says, do not be afraid. He ends up getting in the boat with them. When He gets to the other side, the people are already over there waiting on Him. And we'll pick up right there in John, the 6th chapter, 26th verse. Jesus answered them and said, Most surely I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate the loaves and you were filled. You're not here for the Word. You're here because you want some fish and you want some loaves. You want another meal. You liked those fish and loaves, didn't you? And skip on forward to the, uh, the 51st verse there, J.T., he says, I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the, of the world. 53 and through 56. Then Jesus said to them, Most surely I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, my blood is drink indeed. And who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I'm in him. Well, they heard this, they heard this teaching. In other words, what he said, you've got to eat my flesh. Not just the fish, not just the loaves. You don't come and just get what you want. It's not just come get the salvation and go on about your merry way. But you've got to eat all of this, and he is the word. Remember, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. And the uh, Word, uh, in the 14th verse says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us because He is the, the Word in the flesh. And He says, you've got to eat this flesh, all my Word, not just the bits and pieces and the parts you want, but you've got to eat all of it, all my flesh, all my blood. And they, He does this teaching to them. And in the 60th verse, John 6 and the 60th verse, it says, many of the disciples heard this and said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? And in the 66th verse, from that time, any of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Notice there, they heard the word, they heard the teaching. He said, eat my blood, eat my flesh, drink my blood. They said, this is a hard saying, we can't do this. And we went back and walked with him no, no more. You know what? In the entirety of the Bible, there's only one chapter and verse that's 666. And it just happens to line up with, we went back and walked with him no more. That's something. It's too hard. We can't do this. This spiritual diet you're talking about is too tough. What you've prepared and put on the table for me, it's too much. I can't do it. See, we get uh, uh, like that also is, um, well, you take the Indians. 
The Indians were uh, uh, primarily that buffalo. That's how they survived buffalo. They used buffalo to make tents, to make saddles, to make clothes, to, make, to keep warm shoes. That was their food. There was millions and millions of them that roamed everywhere. They'd just go out and kill one and eat. That was it. Buffalo. But then guess what happens? Buffalo are taken away. And then all of a sudden now, the Indians uh, are struggling to survive because the main source has been taken away. Kind of like you and I. What if they took Publix away? Or Walmart? Or their grocery stores away? Where would you get your meat? Where would you get your vegetables? Where would you get your food? What would you do? I'd starve, I guess. I mean, I'd go hunt and try to uh, eat and feed as many people as I, as I can. But there's a lot of people that don't know how to hunt or fish. And like when it comes to making clothes, it's not like I'm going to go knit me a sweater. <laughs> One source is what I'm talking about. One source. You know, people that only want to eat chicken fingers. Chicken fingers. I don't want the vegetables. I just I want the chicken fingers. I remember hunting down the country and they would eat anything. Anything. Armadillo. A raccoon. I mean, deer, of course, is a delicacy to them. They'd eat anything. You know why? Because it's true. Hank William Jr. said it best. Country boy can't survive. They'll survive. You know why? Because they have a varied diet. They'll eat anything. And as Christians, you and I, we need to have a varied diet as well and not just come to the table just for the fish and the loaves. But there's a lot of other things that's been put on the table. He says, you seek me for the loaves. And what he says, you seek me for what you want. But there's some other things on the table as well, like forgiveness. That's on the table. But you want, you want forgiveness. You want my grace. You want my mercy. You want healing. You want prosperity. You want miracles. That's the good stuff. That's the fish and the loaves. But guess what? There's some veggies on there too. There's some peas and carrots that don't nobody want nothing to do with. There's some turnip greens and some collard greens. You turn your nose up and you don't want them. But guess what? All that's on there as well. See, we want the forgiveness, we want the grace, we want the mercy, but we don't want to talk about the sanctification, the dedication, the consecration, the discipleship. No, we don't want that meal. I don't like what you're cooking up today. I'll come back and see what's on the buffet tomorrow. But he says, you've got to eat all my flesh. Drink all my blood. Not just take what you want. And we, we do want to go take what we want and not interested in, in the servitude. 2 Timothy, the third chapter, the 16th verse. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All Scripture, that the man of God may be complete. You're not going to be complete without all the Scripture. You just don't go pick out what you want. You're not going to be equipped for every good word. It's all Scripture. Every bit of it's good. Amen? See, I want the salvation, but I don't want to talk about the discipleship. And I want God's grace. I want His mercy. But I don't want to give up the drinking. I don't want to give up the fornication. I don't want to give up the immoral life that I'm living, etc., etc., etc. He says you've got to consume all the Word. You know what? Generosity is on the table as well. It's not just the fish and the loaves. It's not just the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness. But generosity is on the table as well. People should recognize you as a Christian because of your generosity. I know some people that say, I'm a Christian. They're millionaires. They wouldn't give you 10 cents. It's a sad sight, but it's so. I know some. 
People should say, there's a difference about him. He's so generous, she's so generous. What is it? It's the love of Christ that's been shed abroad in their heart. That's what it is. Kindness is on the table too. We don't want to talk about that because I don't want to be kind to him because he's a jerk to me. Forgiving others is on the table as well. That's your beans and your carrots. That's the peas and the carrots. That's the part you don't want when a lot of the older people are like, that sounds good to me, but the younger people are like, no, we don't want none of that. We want chicken fingers. <laughs> but the forgiving... But he hasn't earned my forgiveness. He hasn't even apologized. Do you know what they did to me? Do you know what he said to me? I don't want to eat that meal, that meal of forgiveness. Tithing's on the table too. Bring your whole tithe into the storehouse and guess what happens? The windows of heaven are opened up and blessings are poured out that you can't even contain. So we want to come into church and say, I'm here, Lord. I got up this morning and got ready. Bless me. Pour it out. Flood, flood me with it. But we just left out the, the tithing part. We left that on the table. We didn't want to partake of that meal. I just came for the chicken fingers, the pizza, and the cheeseburgers. I left that whole tithing thing up there on the table. God says a little bit about marriage too. He says, what I put together, let no man separate. Well, we're having a little tough time in our marriage, so we're just going to quit. I'll find me another one and get married to somebody else. Get a divorce. The billboard says on the side of the interstate you can get one for $99.99. $99.99. I'm just going to quit. Well, you know what? It's on the table. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, is still on the table where it says the husbands will love your wife just like Christ loved the church. But look at the way she's acting, God. I mean, she's on my case about everything. He, he didn't say... He didn't say to love her the way Christ loved the church when she gets it all right, when she starts doing her part. See, it's on the table. It's on the table. Submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. I'm not going to submit to that jerk. I get up every Sunday, get the kids ready, take them to school while he lays his fat can in the bed because he stayed out all night Saturday night fishing or drinking with his buddies. I'm not going to submit to that jack leg. People do that. Can't say that I necessarily blame you. But you know what? That's not what the Scripture says. He doesn't say submit to your husbands as unto the Lord if He's at church with you every Sunday. And if He does exactly what you want Him to do. So they say it's a 50-50, but it's not. It's a 100-100. And you've got to put in your 100 even when the other person's putting in zero. That's on the table. All these things are on the table. Amen. See, we want to eat the loaves. Eat the loaves. Eat the fish. We want to come for what we want. But there's a sub sandwich on the table. It's called a submission sandwich. And I'm talking about it's submitting to the Word of God and saying, I'm going to eat everything that you put on that table. I want all the flesh. And I'm going to drink all the blood. We can wait till Monday to start. And something always comes up on Monday and we're going to wait till next Monday to start. And then something comes up, we're going to wait till next Monday to start. You know, Weight Watchers. Same thing happens spiritually. I'm fixing to get started. I'm fixing to get started. I'm fixing to get started. I'm fixing to get on a new diet. Well, you know what? I'd say everybody in here, anybody in here, 
This is not something where I can come up and lay hands on you. Anybody can lay hands on you and make a difference. I think this is something you got to decide in your heart right here, right now, tonight, and ask yourself, what am I eating? What does my diet look like? Am I a love-handled Christian? Am I eating in moderation? How much longer will I keep eating in moderation? How much longer will I keep carrying around the love handles? Instead of being an in-shape Christian and saying no, no to the things of the world, no to the little Debbie snacks. It's just a little sin, it's just a little sugar, no. A little leaven leavens the whole lump, the whole batch. It's just a little foxes that spoil the vineyards. It's a submission sandwich. Now I'm trying to make this elementary and compare it to a natural diet. I hope you see it. But what I'm saying is, is, is there's probably a handful of people in here that need to make a decision and say, you know what, I, I, I need a new diet. I need to do something different in my life. There's some things in my diet I need to cut out, spiritually speaking. Who cares about the food? That's just an example. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. There's some things I need to cut out. You know what? People think 10 minutes on the internet is going to do you more good than 10 minutes in prayer. Well, it's not. You know, you start having some symptoms and oh my goodness, I'm going to get on the computer and, and search these symptoms and find out, oh dear Lord, it looks like I've got this, this and this. Stay off the computer. Just spend 10 minutes praying and forget about 10 minutes on the internet. Doctor ain't got the final say so anyway. There's another physician up in the house and you just got to decide on whose report you're going to believe. The report of the Lord that says, by His stripes, we were healed past tense. So about that diet, I think it's just a one-on-one -on -one thing between you and the Lord. And you know what you need to cut out. You know some things you need to add to it. So you take some things away, you add some things. You take some things out, you add some things. I'm going to take out this TV program I've been watching because the Lord's been talking to somebody about a program you've been watching on TV. I guarantee you, he's been convicted. There's been conviction. You know, you know, you shouldn't be watching it, and you just got to say, "I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to replace that 30-minute program with some the Word of God. I'm going to put on some praise and worship music." Amen. We're leaving and going to go. We're going home tonight better than we came in. We're going to go home better than we came in. Anytime you meet somebody, you need to leave them better than you found them. You meet somebody at the gas station, leave them better than you found them. You know, Jesus went to the well. He left better and she left better. He was hungry when he got there and she was a sinner. She left and went back and started preaching. They came and brought him food. He said, I'm not even hungry anymore. I got food y'all don't know nothing about. They both left better. And I'm not going to start rambling here. I'm going to cut it off and just. If y'all want to, you know, praise team come up, somebody come up and, and play every how y'all want to end it right here. But I just want to say this one on one time with the Lord. And say, Lord, I'm going to take this out of my diet and I'm going to replace it with this. Whatever the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you, you know what He's been speaking to you. And it's just a good time to close your eyes, get quiet and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me? What do you want me to take out of my diet? What changes do I need to make? He'll show you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll put you in proper alignment. He'll get you back standing firm and stable. Amen.
So I'll just say, as, as these guys sing, enter into a little bit of praise here, a little bit of worship, just an opportunity just between you and the Lord. And whether you come to the altar or you do it at your seat, either way, we're going to leave out better than we came in. Amen.